Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 158. Today's episode begins a new arc in our series, Echoes of Invasion. Set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. This is Great Performances. Hepa and Trick explore South Tower and meet some of its inhabitants. Trick performs his first paid gig, gracing the stage at the Parting Glass, the inn that Katchen recommended. This arc contains spoilers for the Battle for Westnoth campaign, Eastern Invasion, as well as references to the legend of Westmere. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Hissenham! The town's name is Hissenham. And the big rock was a memorial. To and Hissenham. And you scraped away the moss, you saw that it was for those who fell at Hissenham, those whose lives were cut short by Mel Ravenall. That was information I owed you. Speaking of other things that are owed, as you were getting ready in the morning to leave the little hut where Gum Radok's family resides and packing up your more reasonably sized backpacks than the first time, you come across a bag of money that Uncle Thran slash Daddy included with your supplies this time. Oh. In case you might need it if you were going to be spending more time around humans. It's like, please bring back the whole artifact. Here's some money. Buy one if you have to. <laughs> How much money okay. is in there? Is there a note or anything? There isn't a note. It's just like with supplies, but you've reached further down in the bag than you did before or whatever, and so you find it. So there is 200 gold pieces for each of you. All right. Huzzah. Oh, look, Daddy gave us some spending cash. Is this a lot? Would we know? I mean, oh. you guys being newly minted adults have not been responsible for any expense type things. Especially HEPA, everything's provided for you all the time. Um, and Trick does a lot of living off the land type stuff. So you guys haven't really been in a position to like have to worry about money mm-hmm. very much. Like how many dowsing rods is this worth? It seems like it could buy a lot of sticks. Would you buy a dowsing rod? I thought you made your own. I mean, I wouldn't. And I don't know if we actually sell dowsing rods. I mean, I guess I one dowsing rod is worth bag of meat and a man's life so <laughs> based on previous exchange rates yeah <laughs> bag of meat and man's life equal to uh, 200 gold pieces but in the saurian market in the saurian I market think li- i feel like life might be cheaper in the saurian market sometimes i wonder <laughs> i'm sure it's enough i'm sure daddy just i'm sure it's it's a sufficient amount that daddy gave us she just like flips this flip it okay you don't like toss the money bag and catch it Toss the money bag. And no, like working one coin at a time because it catches the light in funny ways. Oh, that's right. You like the glitter. Yeah. Part crow. Possibly. And then another thing is you are having breakfast with the family before you are going to head out. You were asking Gummerduck about refugees he knew and things like that and who might still live in the city. Yep. So I feel like they know that that's where you're headed next. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're hiding that. We're going to town next. Okay. So at breakfast time, the little girl whose name is Meepy, she is 
in somewhat whiny temper tantrumy mode because you guys get to go into the city and she doesn't and that it's not fair that she can't go to the full bloom festival just because full bloom festival just because mommy died last year why can't daddy take her in and the dad is like honey like somebody's gotta stay and work the fields we can't spare a day of like the only functional adult in the family and that, at that point Gummerdock stands up and does like flexes a few, a few like squat type things of the knees kind of like testing out the joints a bit and he tells his son they will spend this day or two like helping out in the fields and seeing how it goes and like if the knees are and shoulder are, are good enough then he can he can cover so that the dad can take the kids into the festival I guess that must be harder work than going to the city to the festival. Well, yeah. you're, you're, it's still like a, a bunch of walking to do to actually get to the... Oh, to the, the city. Yeah. yeah. So perhaps the knees being used for farm type stuff around the yard is less than like, you know, marching across the land. If <laughs> you're stuck, you got there now you can't come back because you had to walk so far. Okay. The grandfather, Gum Radak. He's planning to do some extra physical labor today. Gotta find a good way to put this in the verse to, to help. Oh, you want to... <laughs> to Encouraging song? Yeah, well, no, 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 the actual augment. The augment spell. Or the age. How could I make this into a... Do you have some sort of story you can tell related to... This is like planting season. Yeah, planting season. Uh, I think Trick will... Uh, telling a story of sorts, like about Gumberdock, even though Trick knows almost nothing about him. Early in life, Gumberdock... He faced many challenges, but he thought the worst he faced of all was against Malravenal. His great army of undead swarmed across the whole land, but the pair of Gwedri and Gumberdock together defeated him. <laughs> but little did Gumberdock know that his true test would come many years later in the field itself, the field he'd worked many times. Not the field of battle, no. Not the field of battle. The field of wheat. <laughs> the field of wheat. His muscles were still strong, but time would tell they were strong enough. And you're, like, flipping the coin? Uh, we'll say yes. And it's it's told to sound more over the top, so it is a, a comical fashion. Okay. This is Augment. I'm going to spend a story for I believe Augment has a base of two difficulty. Yes. That's a success. And four advantages. So you will be down two strain. You guys are completely starting. You're totally fine and healthy, but you have suffered two strain. Totally worth it. You have four advantages, though. I don't know if I want to say, like, he feels... Yeah, it's not like his arthritis goes away. No. Uh, his arthritis was dealt with by HEPA. Oh, that's right. In, in, <laughs> Man, we doped this guy up. Which, which is why his, his knees are good. And let me just clarify here, lest you think you can go around removing arthritis from the world. Yeah, I was one. I was like, I don't know how long it's going to last, but exactly. HEPA doesn't say that. It's like you've... You've refreshed his cartilage or, or whatever, and, you know, he's an old man, and over time it will... Yeah, yeah. It will come back. Refreshing but... cartilage is the best case scenario, I would think. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've done something that has improved his situation a notch, but he is still an old human and will continue to deteriorate. Right. And Trick has sufficiently amused and, and entertained that, like, Gumberdock's kind of, like, playing along with their story, like, boastfully. He's, like, picks up, like, Miffy and, like, tosses her in the air, like, see, see how strong I am now? Give him a little bit of an endorphin rush. to clear that whole field <laughs> and one possibility with these advantages is to like erase any of the lingering like elves are weird 
situation. I think it, it, elves are peculiar. They're like, well, they're a little weird, but they're very helpful. They're peculiar people. We're like the cobbler's elves now. We're like little helpful <laughs> weirdos. And there's some potential types of information you could gain if you wanted with some advantages. I mean, sure. I think those are all good. Okay. So one thing is that in the morning when you, you guys are stepping out, and the, like the family's coming out and Tillin is starting the day. Tillin ratchets up a little like red triangle flag outside his house, which is not a little type of flag you've noticed before, but right. that's what he sets up. And Miffy tells you guys all about the Full Bloom Festival, which is held at the second full moon of spring. So your graduation ceremony that you missed back in town was at the first full moon. Well, yeah, of course. But the full bloom festival happens like once the meadows around so South Tower are in it's bloom. It's a full bloom moon. Exactly. It's almost not quite rhyme. It's like full moon and full bloom. This is as close to rhyme as I was capable of creating. Oh, I think it's good. <laughs> so when the meadows and everything all around the southern outposts, South Tower, are in bloom and that it brings merchants and, and stuff like that from a variety of places and sometimes even fancy dignitaries. People might come from Weldon even. Certainly some people might come from the Northern Outpost. Like it's a it's a big street party type type situation. So now you know a little bit more about what you're walking into. So you may recall when you arrived at Hissenham, it was New Moon at that point and you spent several days with the Woeses there and then some days traveling and stuff like that. So you will reach South Tower maybe two days before the festival is supposed to start. Enough time to get in trouble. Or maybe enough time to get accommodations before the flow of people, or oh enough time to get at least a little bit of a lay of the land, or enough time to get waylaid along the way there and then arrive in time. Also possible. <laughs> I should probably spend some time updating the map. Ah, okay, so what types of things do you scribble on this map now? Oh my gosh, what does she care about? Woes is definitely. Woes, 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 woes. I mean, she could put the village on there. She, I think she probably does the big, like, the big stuff. And then the woes is very important. Now, is there, like, a little spot where you, like, draw a little house and put, like, an arrow and it's just this old human? Actually, I think probably what she does is, like, there's a lot of detail around the woes and things like that. And then, you know, kind of the village where we stayed. And then with the old man there's like probably and she probably wrote all these notes like ink cap blah 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 like all this stuff and the woes and then like missing some teeth like more medical detail than you really would want on a map but that's what she put you know there's there's none of the the rules about sharing of medical information i i don't think we've gotten to a situation where we're sharing maps or anything but i think she's probably kind of using it as like her own personal notebook yeah yeah so i'm sure at some point if we wanted to trade information probably we want to make a copy that a proper copy or something like that but so hippa doesn't follow hippa she's not hippalonia okay so you mark that up i forget if i've given these folks a little ribbon handing over your favor of the favor yeah if i have not i will give them one now certainly okay Right, because I wanted to wait till the next morning to make sure you didn't get murdered right <laughs> night. Yes, always make sure you don't get murdered, then hand out the ribbon. <laughs> Trick my news field guide. <laughs> uh, okay, so he um, ties it onto the line. It is at a lower height than the... So that's completely understandable. The red triangle. And, like, he doesn't have to display it, in fact. So he's to, to have, just ask that he not give to anyone else, certainly pass it down to his family. What do you say about what is it for? Oh, I say, like, it, it's it's a mark of that you've been a friend to L's and... 
other elves, if they see it, they'll know, oh, these people, good people, very friendly. He's like, great. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treasure this and put this uh-huh. on the rug. We see Miffy wearing it at the Blue Moon Harvest Fest. Full Bloom Festival. Okay. And so now you guys are gonna head out. Yep. Survival, geography. I thought we were just following the road. There is no road. These are single purple checks. This is a way that has been tried by people before, but you are still, you do still need to encamp and things like that. Yep. And you do still need to go there. Successful triumph, one threat. Success, no triumph, one advantage. You, Hepa, succeed your geography check quite well. Yay! So there's not like an out and out road. But there's evidence of like carts and stuff like that. And over time, like more of that starts showing up and you get a feel for like where some other outlying farms might be right. along the way. So you successfully guide your tiny party to the city. Plus you have like an idea of where some other smaller establishments are in the area around the city. Trick. Yep. You had a night of camping along the way. That you were able to find an excellent spot and cool. safe spot, and you have a triumph. So my question to you is, what was the nature of the place that you guys camped? Was that it was so good? Was it a, a wilderness campsite? Was it another residency? No, I think it is a wilderness campsite because we spent we spent the night uh, with friendly folk. But there's you know a copse of trees that is just dense enough that like if you're within the trees you can't see out, but it's not big enough. We call it a forest. Okay, so it offers a, a good privacy screen. It's a good privacy, so like especially a good place for elves. Okay. Because it feels like home. Feels like home a little bit. Need a nice canopy, not directly on the road. It's like that's a good place. And like there's no like tricky. It's like this is so good. Like how has no one marked this yet? It's wonderful. I put it on the map. Definitely, I can tell. Do you give it a name? Ooh. I'm just asking because you're putting things on the map, and you you did name the previous swamp. You named it the Falcon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just a, I'm just writing Trick Manu's favorite place. That's what I'm writing on there. He'll call it uh, Nasir's Hideaway. Only we'll after his death. Oh, okay. Because there's yew trees, willow trees, one of those. Willow things. trees make really good dowsing rods. There's both. Okay. Then I update on the map. Good dowsing rods so you, here. Trick actually identifies trees for you. Now I run them down. I'm like willows. Okay. And you have a triumph. I do have a triumph. On a survival check. Yes. I could say, like, the triumph you find of a mushroom. I say there could be some sort of useful foraging. It doesn't have to be that kind of mushroom, necessarily. Well, because we did establish that the springy horsetail grows at the edges of trees and meadows. Oh, that's true. And so yeah. if you've got this copse here, like, the edge of that potential is, place. is, like, the environment it would grow. And the springy horsetail is the stream... The springy, Recovery. the springy horsetail is the, it's the, the mountain dew of mushrooms. If you think mountain dew restores strain. I feel like that's what caffeine does. Springy horsetail gives you wings? Yeah. It's like a little pegasus yeah. mushroom. I think that would be good. You're happy with that? Yeah. One springy horsetail. No, you did have one threat. I did. I have a, perhaps a slight allergy because of the spring and I'm in a different place. So you can take a strain. Yeah. And then you guys have succeeded all these checks, so I think we pretty much... That was a very short encounter of get to the city, but it's over now, so you can roll the recovery strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could do a little bit of um, magical research to think of what I would do. 
Maybe brambles work. You mess around with brambles overnight? Oh, that's right. At the end of every encounter, you want to make sure you cast them. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, well, I could just say that she does magical research, so I could just roll for brambles because we're in the woods, so it would be a good place I to... mean, you could see how it works with different types of vegetation around. Yeah. What? Does willow brambles work different from you brambles? Yeah, I'm sure I could totally destroy the cops. Or if you want to try to accomplish something different with brambles. Like, mostly it's for ensnaring. Is it something that is permanent? Could I make a chair or something? You used it previously to help you... Move things. You used it to move things. You used it to kind of get a push thick for Rafty. Okay, so I have made something out of it. But that was like a pretty simple thing. Like, you, whether you could actually build something major, like you could try. Or um, a basket or something. Maybe it's just more about feeling where the, the boundaries are of this, like, what you can do with this spell in particular besides ensnare. I can't think of anything creative that would help, like, would be the thing she would think to do. So, let me say this. You learned it as a way to ensnare things. Mm-hmm. Like, as to use in combat. Right. Because shamans do accompany elvish armies, provide medical support, and need to be able to defend themselves. It is possible, in addition to just grabbing people or making the ground around them difficult, that you could actually hurt people right. with rambles. You have experienced ice attacks. You could experiment with branch attacks. Right. If you think that's something that, that HEPA would and extrapolate. Then, and then at the beginning of the next encounter, I could do our healing. Beginning <laughs> <laughs> from, hurt. From how well it goes. The other thing I can think of is her just being like, how far, like, if I do through my cloak, can I do it, you know, like, what's the reach oh, of, yeah, you can, like, like, can you I can, do it through this rock? Can I do it through, like, like, a little bit of dirt? Well, those brambles over there respond to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to play with range, then? Yeah, let's play with range. Okay. How far away are you going to try to make brambles behave? She's done short, so let's say medium. Okay. Let's just try that. Okay. I believe you have your information on how difficult it is for you to do your ensnaring brambles. So, okay, it's easy and short range. So yeah. one purple for short. Okay, so you're going to try to do this at medium range. That adds a purple. Yeah, we could do that. We could just experiment with the two purple. I mean, does she want to try further to see if she can go? How far can magic go? As much as you're willing to spend. Okay, so as difficult as you're willing to make yeah. it. Yeah, mechanics-wise, each range increment adds another purple. Okay. And we did establish that you guys are in a little cops, and there's like open meadow type space around you so if you want to be like where's the next tree outside our cops oh it's all the way over there yeah still part of the cops yeah we're in the forest i think i'll just do medium range at this point because i don't know that she even knew that you could go that far so she'll try it see if it works and then she doesn't succeed so i don't know if she noticed if she can tell she gets one advantages so I don't know if that's enough for her to know that it would work, but she failed. Okay, so you take two strain for having cast. And I think a good use of the advantage would be to say you know it would work. Right. You're, you just... Because otherwise I'm like, it doesn't work, so why would I do that? For science. And then I write that down on the map. Yes. Magic for science. Yeah, <laughs> magic for science. This was probably covered in class. Well, well. if she'd stuck around. <laughs> 
Yeah, so you imagine it would work, and you you recall that when Kachin threw his little fire missiles, the one thing he said about this staff was that it made it easier to do. Okay, so maybe the staff actually just makes things feel a little closer or makes your arm longer or whatever. Yeah, because he was, like, shooting across to where, like, the hog was cooking. Right. Okay. The next thing about Kachin... Get out your letter, read it one more time. <laughs> Why did you leave me? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't finished experimenting with the staff yet. Okay, so then we can roll for strain. Yes. Yeah. So you reach the outskirts of the thriving human settlement of South Tower. Is it encircled by a wall? or? There is indeed a tower where the southern outpost was originally located. It's built up and is a sort of castle is too strong a word for it, but keep. Yeah, it's a it's a keep that's kept up, and around it are buildings and stuff like that. And yes, this is a settlement that does have walls around it. Also, it has more things outside those walls. Uh, so there's a variety. Like from the direction you guys are approaching, not a ton of traffic comes from this direction. Like some of the local farms and stuff. They bring their produce in from this direction. But as far as Wesnoth business, this isn't a main approach. Also, it is along the river Weldon. So there's a road that heads north out of here, which presumably leads to the northern outpost. There's also like docks and stuff on the river for river traffic. Serious business. In the outskirts around, outside the walls, there's some like homes type stuff like that. There's also carts that have canvas awning type things. So some kind of like merchanty traveling salesman type cart things. Some of which are like in line to enter the city proper. Others of which are kind of like set up and like open for, for business. Like cool drinks for the, the waiting in line. <gasps> Could have done that with the crystal. <laughs> Chill the drinks. I mean, that would change everything. Get a cold drink anytime you wanted. Gave it away to your dad. Well, yeah, but I was thinking about what else I could do with it. So there are a variety of humans here. Some waiting in line to get into town. There are guards as well. They typically have a little, little spear, a little helmet on. Everybody you see is human, but... There's a diversity of hair colors and skin tones and things like that. Humans appear to be more diverse than elves. Really? Elves, in your experience, are blonde, platinum blonde, baby dirty blonde. <laughs> uh, except for Trick. Trick's got brown hair. And then Trick. Yeah, or their Trick. Trick yeah. menu. One of those two, three categories, or their Trick. <laughs> oh, that made me think all humans were just going to be dark haired. But you see here, uh, Mary Ellen the Carter had orange hair. Right. So then I knew they came in different colors. I just don't know if it has to do with age. But now behold before you, humans with blonde hair. The fae for the eyes. <laughs> humans with dark hair. Some humans with no hair. I wonder if I ha- if she has a, like Kepa has enough experience at this point to be able to tell any indicators of age or not. Because oh. she didn't meet the one older guy, but she doesn't have a wide variety of. Like, nobody mentioned wrinkles or age spots or anything like that, so I don't know if she... If you want to just, like, stand and, like, watch and try to judge... Yes. 
We can see that this is a medicine check. Yay! But I'll add a black die, because you're not... Because you're gawking. Because you're not <laughs> physically interacting with anybody. <laughs> so, one purple with a black die. But I don't have that, because I have a knack for gawking at people medically. <laughs> <laughs> a knack for medical gawking. Yes. But I don't succeed. <laughs> Do you now? But I got three advantages. Okay. Nobody <laughs> notices that this elf is gawking. <laughs> You have advantages. Well, nobody cross notices. Perhaps someone who takes an interest in an elf notices. Uh, do you have thoughts on how you'd like to spend your advantages? You could indeed spend them to uh, get a friendly NPC to take you under their wing, or uh, if you have other ideas. I don't have any other idea. Unless there's some other information that HEPA gets that's just not medical, but maybe a friendly NPC would be a good... Or a secret way into the city, so we don't have to talk to the guards. Because we've got to sneak in. Well, wait, no, no, we don't. Unless it's a guard that's just I mean, like, it could be a guard. Who's, oh, okay. It's just like friendly. It's like, oh, yeah, we met elves in the blah, 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 and I I love elves. Oh, my gosh, come to the friend line. <laughs> oh, that's the human line. This is the elf line over here. <laughs> Very much shorter. <laughs> so. Unless somebody sees that you look like your mom. That I don't think is going to happen. I don't know. That's not going to happen on advantages on a HEPA roll. Right. Okay. So yes, a friendly, friendly maybe guard. a friendly guard that is partial to elves or has some positive association. Or he's tired of dealing with merchants. Likes blondes. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's not an overwhelmingly long line. And, and as HEPA has been standing there watching the humans. It see, doesn't seem that long because I'm just watching humans the whole time. Yes. Before you reach the guard, though, trick. You could do something perceptive or some... If you would like to make a skill check as well, or right. be standing in line. I think Trick would just, like, talk to whoever is in front of us in the line. Ah, okay. Like, excuse me, we're emissaries of the Esprin Forest, notable community of elves over that way. Barely make out a tree over there, that's the forest. Uh, we heard good things about the Full Bloom Fest. The Full Bloom Festival. <laughs> yeah. The FBF. The FBF, is, <laughs> as we call it over the Esprin Forest. Or just... The festival. The Earl's Festival? I would ask him, like, it starts, like, in a couple days. I look at the sky, so the moon's out, but the moon's not out. Maybe it is. Sometimes the moon is visible during the day. That's true, but probably not right now. Yeah, but you've been traveling. You're quite aware that the moon is uh, visible. Yeah, so I'm completely willing to just make a charm check, just to see. Huh. Okay, if you would like to make a charm check to happily interact with a random person. A human. You know, this person doesn't really want to talk. I have failure with a threat. So the person in front of you, their response is like, yeah, I know. It just it clutters up the streets. It brings in all of these outsiders. It's just like the fact that I have to wait in line even just to like get, get my bags of oats in. So th- this person is not as happy about the situation. So it's so mixed. That's actually still useful information in a matter of fashion. Because, you know, i got to figure out what's the deal with this mayor beer person, but this is not the right person to, to ask about that. But that, or like, reminds Trick, like, all oh, right, there might be some human uprising that could be interesting. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's something I want to know about. You don't think that's going to happen while we're here? I kind of hope so, but... Maybe a half-human uprising? Yeah. So you advance in the line, and the guard, he's like... Whoa, elves! 
We haven't had elves come to our city in quite a while. Are you, are you, uh... Well, from our perspective, it hasn't been that long. (laughs) (laughs) Are you from the Great Forest? Are you from... From Westmere? I let him keep guessing for a little while. He's never going to guess Esprin. <laughs> or, uh, oh, what's the, the, the Aetherwood? The Aetherwood? The, uh, the, oh, uh, no, but Hepa doesn't make him keep guessing. That, that would be mean. The polite thing to do is, oh, we're from the Esprin forest. I, I'm not familiar with that one. Where's, where's that forest? I want to say it's far from here. I have to make a discipline check, I think, to... I mean, I would answer, but I know Trick's answer is going to be so much more entertaining. So you're making an average discipline check to resist lying? To resist lying. Okay. I succeed, but I have three threats. So I need to embellish. It is close by, but... Ah, yes, it's a closely guarded secret of the elves. Desperate (laughs) forest. Closer than you might think. You can barely make out a tree far off in hills that way. And it's just the very edges of what you might call the Esperin forest. But the forest itself is not just the trees, it's the roots as well. So it reaches deep into the ground. So I tell him a strange description of the forest that goes into way too much detail about, like, the roots as well. And the the water that flows into and out of. And it's a pleasure to meet you. We look forward to entering and seeing your fine city. Also, I look like no elf he's seen before. The second guard, who has just finished letting in a person from the line, then turns to you too. And yes, and does comment that he has never seen an elf looking like you before. I get that. I'll, I'll take off my headband <laughs> to, prove, to prove prove your ears are pointing. Prove my elvishness. Okay. Uh, is that point that you realize your feather is gone? Feather is gone? That's a bummer. When did I last have it? Uh, you definitely had it this morning. Huh. Are these two guards like questioning us a whole bunch right now? It's not like... They're not interrogating you. They were engaging in conversation to, like, ask you what your business was, and then right. they were going to let you in the city. They weren't going to, like, okay. pat you down or anything. Like, I'm going to ask Hepa, like, hey, did you see my feather? But I'm not going to do that, like, when we're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, I mean, if you stop because you're wondering where your feather went, then Hepa's happy to... That feather's not a super big deal. Hepa had a bunch of advantages on her role, so, like, the guards are friendly, and they're not going to hassle you and are going to let you in without yep. asking questions. She will answer questions. <laughs> She might even ask a few. Uh, sure, you can ask a few because they are friendly. How old are you? Uh, can I see your teeth? How much hair do you have? Can you mm-hmm. smile real big for me? Can you please remove Say, your tongue? Uh... <laughs> can I? Can I inspect you medically? No, but I do think. I mean, there are a lot of things we could ask about in the city, but she's not going to think of those. But what she would like to know is. I see that a lot of the people in line here have different hair color, different skin color. Does that have to do with age, or is that... These guards are going to think, like, <laughs> elves are terrible liars, and elves are dumb. But they're so cute. But Emma would say, yeah, but I haven't seen quite so many humans. Yeah, you, you are allowed one question, and then you're going into the city. <laughs> I should have asked for recommendations of places to stay, but I didn't. I wanted to know about the hair color. The important things. Does that have to do with age? Do they die? Gender? The guard laughs at your amusing elvish naivety and says that pretty much anybody can have any color hair, although, it, yeah, people's hair like turns gray or white when they get older. This is, I like that I'm getting that information, too, because I'm getting more and more data from different people, unless it's just a widely held human joke. I mean, it could just be a widely held human misconception. Yeah. Any color? 
I mean, she's he, never seen okay, the orange before. All right, so he laughs at that, and then he says, no, of course not. Like, nobody's got green hair or, or blue hair, or, like the grass or the water. That would be ridiculous. But orange and red. Well, yes, that's a completely normal color. Okay. You have now specifically called out green and blue as colors of hair that humans don't have. Congratulations. So when I wrote that on the map. <laughs> no blue, no green hair. Hopefully we don't meet a human with blue or green hair, and then I'm like, throw everything off. They lied. Maybe he just didn't. Maybe he didn't experience it. Or die. That's true. The thieves dye their hair in the game. Does it say somewhere that they dye their hair? Yes, they dye with lime, so it becomes like a pale shade of blue. It was in the unit description. Okay. So you enter the city, and what do you do? Take in the sights, the sounds, the smells. Yeah, we probably just stand and gawk like. I think even Trip stands and gawks for. This is like this is the most congested place that. I am pretty sure we got two hundred gold pieces so that it could get lifted from us because that's probably the what's going to happen to us. We're going to get pickpocketed. listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized, narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland aka West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.